Welcome to another episode of Peace, Love, and Hot Sauce. Today's episode is with Miss Kat Riggins. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome out to another episode of Peace, Love, and Hot Sauce. My name is Joel De Silva, and on the phone, we have the incomparable Miss Kat Riggins. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Joel. Thank you for having me. I got to say, I love the, the name of the podcast, Peace, Love, and Hot Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> we all need some more Peace, Love, and Hot Sauce, right? Yes, especially that, that hot sauce. Do you love That's hot sauce? I do. What's your, <laughs> what's your favorite hot sauce? I am old school. I like the crystal. Wow. Yeah, I like that vinegary spice. Oh, nice. You gotta get yeah. you gotta you gotta make some of your own Cat Riggins uh hot sauce. I do. People keep asking me to make a sauce. I, I do need to like do something and bottle it. Did you know um Rock and Jake has his own hot sauce? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I did not. Yeah, he has his own. Where I can I get it? Uh he sells it. Uh, he'll probably give you some. I don't know. Um I don't know where he, I think he makes it in New Orleans. It's 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 probably bottled there, but I don't know um uh how he gets it out to the masses, but I know it's pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to have to try some of that. That's cool. There's also a wonderful hot sauce by a, a guy named uh Bone Lee. Bone Lee Bone Lee hot sauce. It's pretty good. That sounds good too. How are you doing but today? New Orleans being being the manufacturer, like that's legit. So I need to try. <laughs> I need to try Rocket Jakes. <laughs> how, how are you guys doing today? We're doing all right. You know, um, as good as as can be expected, I guess. We're trying to um, find balance with everything that's going on and, and just kind of try to come away from it for a few hours a day because, you know, it's, it's everywhere. So you kind of can't help but be inundated, but we try to yeah. escape. So, I mean, we're doing, we're doing all right. How about you guys? Not too bad. We're doing good. You know, um, we're not doing too bad. Good. Um, let's get this party started. Um, <laughs> where did you grow up? I am born and raised in Miami, Florida. So I'm I'm a one of the few actual uh South Florida natives. Um born and raised here, grew up here, went to school here. I've traveled the world, but um home is always South Florida. Huh. Um Yeah. Let's see. How how did you get involved in in uh, music? Were, was was your family in involved in music? Were were you the only one in the family that um, loved music, or you know how did you how did you start doing it? Well, it's interesting because I'm the my family is very musical, but no one is professionally um, no one is a professional musician. So no, I'm the only one who does this for a living. Um, except like I have a, a couple of cousins who are music teachers, um, and things like that. So there's music, there's always been music in my family. And I grew up, at, um, in a house where we had music playing from the time we woke up to the time I we went to sleep. There's always music. And, um, so I kind of got, I, it was in my blood. There was music when I was in my mom's belly. 
So that's how I, I think I fell in love with it. And my family loves music. My mom couldn't sing a, a note, but she was always singing and we were always singing and dancing around the house. And it's a variety of different kinds of music too. So that's why I feel like I have a healthy um, respect for all music, all genres. But, um, you know, blues is in my heart. In my heart. What, uh, what were some so, of the... Um... Uh, artists that your parents put on the the record player. Oh man! So there was a variety. Um, my mom used to love um, Tracy Chapman and Sam Cooke, mm-hmm. Betty Wright, Gladys Knight, all of those voices. And she loved also. Uh, <laughs> she loved um, uh, Chubby Checker and Salt and Pepper, and you know all those. It went cr- like a crazy. Um, spectrum of music janice joplin uh charlie daniels band like i don't know if you could think of the genre it was playing in my house i think the only thing that i kind of developed a love for on my own was um you know stuff like rage against the machine and oh and right on like i didn't that. know you were a rage against the machine fan yeah yeah that's yeah. cool i mean that wasn't in my house but everything else was and I think that's also why I can, I, I have a love for, you know, a lot of stuff um, musically. How like, I you? love System of a Down. Wow. When I was back in the day, you know, like I was, I actually was in a punk rock band. We were horrible. What? But I, I was, I did it. <laughs> what, what was the name of the band? It was called Stereo Atypical. Wow. That's a cool name. Yeah, we were tr- we were trying to be so deep, Joel. It was terrible. Wow. Um, how long? How long? Uh, how old were you when you first started singing? And was it in your house? Was it? Was it somewhere else? Oh yeah, yeah. We said I. I was singing since I could talk. Um, you know, I grew up in the church, okay. so we did a lot of uh, church programs. I was in the church choir, and then there was youth group and all of this stuff, and then. I also went to um, gifted and magnet school. So I was in the arts, um, learning the arts from, I think I was seven years old or eight years old when I, when I started studying art and the arts, but singing um, in front of people. Yeah. Since we could talk, I would do it with my cousins and my sister and we'd always be performing. Since you said the arts, do you, did you paint or, or anything like that? Do you do you do yeah. any other stuff? Yeah, um, I've, I've I've been going to art school like I said since I was very young. So um, I studied visual arts, painting, drawing, sketching, sculpting, all that stuff. And um, in elementary school, I would uh, escape into the other art programs as well. Um, hang out a lot in the in the theater. Um, hang out with the the music kids a lot in the studios and stuff like that in my elementary school and with the dance kids. So I kind of um, placed myself in all of those situations, mm-hmm. but I do have a, a background training, trained in uh, visual arts. That's pretty awesome. Did you do any acting too? I did, yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> I cool. was all over the place, Joel. I was a busybody. That's good. Did you did you do any plays or anything? Yeah, plays and musicals. And one of my first um, performances that I did, as as far as acting is concerned, 
I was in the sixth grade and I played um I played one of the evil queens in <laughs> the Wiz. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and then I also we did a rendition of Annie and I was the little teeny tiny one. Mm-hmm. I forgot her name, like Molly or something. Um so I did a lot of musical theater when I was uh younger. I was a I was a drama geek, a theater geek. I even went to um Barry University for musical theater. Wow. Huh. Yeah. How um a lot of people don't know all that. Well th- that's awesome, I think. Um what attracted you to the blues genre and the rock blues well i feel like the blues everything was always playing in my mom's house right and i've always known that i wanted to sing but my voice is not the sound that was on the radio a lot in the day, you know, like when I was growing up, I heard a lot of Janet Jackson. I was in love with Janet Jackson. Then there was Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, all those voices that are clear and pretty and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of polished and pristine. And mine is gritty and dirty and rough and hoarse and kind of deep. And I remember when I was uh, seven years old, um, a kid, a, another little girl asking me why I sound like a man, you know? <laughs> so, when I was little, I never had the confidence to, to to believe that I could be a singer when I grew up until I heard things in my mom's collection like Coco Taylor and Denise LaSalle and hearing voices like Gladys Knight and Betty Wright with that heaviness and Tracy Chapman. My mom used to love Tracy Chapman. Yeah. Those voices I heard my my own in and and that's when I realized that there that that it's a possibility there is a place for a voice like mine in music. Um, and the blues kind of just was that genre that reached out to me. It touched my heart. It let me be me and not try to pretend to be something or someone else. Do you um, remember the first time that you sang professionally on stage and, and how did that go? Yeah, <laughs> I was 23. Okay. Um, the first time I got paid to sing on stage. Nice. Um, yeah, and it was uh, a lounge that had opened up in Sunny Isles. And um, it was actually, I was working there as a bartender when it was a different place. So I was a bartender entertainer. We had to, it was, so you know Lips, right? Uh, yes. In, in Fort Lauderdale. Okay, so it was like a smaller version of Lips way before Lips. It was called Madam's in in Sunny Isles, Miami. And I was working there as a bartender and part of the job was to perform. Anyway, long story short, Madams ended up closing after a few years and um, changing over to a place called Ruby J's. And they had house music as well. And they hired me in a duo capacity with a piano player. And I did jazz and blues standards. Hmm. And I was nervous as heck. I'm always nervous before I I, uh, go on stage anyway. But this Mm -hmm. was my very first, first actual gig where I was responsible for entertaining the the um dining room the entire night nice and i was yeah shaking like a leaf but i made it through (laughs) i bet i bet all right all right we're back with cat here um what are some of your favorite artists and influences um locally and nationally that you uh, pardon me that that you use 
right now, like current current artists that are out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Okay. What what influences well, I mean, Cap? Locally, there's a lot of talent, and I tell I say every time I, I talk to anybody, um, interview wise or otherwise, about South Florida blues, people. I swear people are sleeping on the scene down here because there's so much talent down here when it comes to blues music and, and overall. Right. So locally, I have a lot of favorites. Obviously, you're one of them. <laughs> and um, I mean, uh, of course, Albert Castilla is is um, one of my favorites locally. And he I know that he's got my my uh, my back when it comes to uh, the business. You know, he's been a huge, um, a huge support in this business. And he's he's constantly encouraging me. Um, so he's one of them as well. Um, JP Soares. Uh, Anika Chambers is now local. So oh, I, didn't I know will that. take her. Yeah, she's wow. in West Palm now. So <laughs> I'm taking her and, um, and Paul and putting them on the list too. I mean, there's so many, of course. Of course, the living legend, Joey Gilmore. Mm -hmm. I adore him. He's great. So, yeah. So locally, we have a whole family of people that I love and and I'm influenced by their um, by their drive, period. Um, and then let's see, nationally, on the national level, I, Marquise Knox. He's good. He's I admire really his good. candor in addition to his musicianship. He's brave as hell and and I admire that and it inspires me. Um I love Keisha Pratt. Yeah. And you know, like all the women in blues, there's a whole sisterhood. Um so they're all on the list. We could I could go on all You could go day, on and Joel. on and on. Right, right. Yep. On and on. Yeah. Um how many albums do you have that, you know, people may not know about? Um Yeah. Yeah. How many albums do you, do you have recorded? I have a total of four okay. albums, and I think people only really know about three of them because okay. the first one isn't really isn't really blues, I guess, uh, by definition. There's some blues undertow in it, but it's called Lily Rose, and it's the feel of it is a little bit more old school R and B. Oh, I'm you know, dying like to hear that, it. Yeah, so it's like you know, like oh, it feels like the old um, R. R. Kelly kind of stuff and, you know, um, that kind of music, but it has some blues uh, influence in it. And you can tell, uh, Niles Blaze actually played on one of the songs on oh, that. Cool. That record. Yeah. So that's one of the ones people don't know about. But other than Lily Rose, there is Blues Revival, which was the one that we released in 2016. And then we uh, brought out In the Boys Club, Okay, and I remember now, that one. Yeah, um, yeah, and now we're, we're um, hopefully we'll be releasing the fourth album, my first um, as uh, not an indie artist by the end of the summer. And that's called Cry Out, correct? Yes, it is called Cry Out. And what label is that on? I uh, just signed to Gulf Coast Records, and I'm excited about it because it's they're a brand new label. But they had like, and I, I say this a lot too, they hit the ground running. Like they, they, when they announced, I guess, or were introduced to, to our community of friends, 
they they came out with a bang and they you know i feel like they're going to have more success along the way because they just started out the right way who comes out their first year as a label and has multi several VMA nominations and right. wins yeah. and you know and chart toppers and all of that they're really they they're making um they they're quickly getting those notches on their belt and I'm proud to be a part of it and uh Mike Cito is the head of that um label if if I'm correct yeah, Mike Zito is one of the label heads along with Guy Hale. Okay. And um, Mike also produced the Cry Out record. Oh, cool. And and played, yeah, and played uh, lead guitar on most of the songs. Um, so, yeah, I got lucky that way too because watching him work was like something out of this world. You, I didn't understand what I was seeing, but I was happy to be there and, and <clears throat> be watching it. And I know I wasn't the only uh, one in studio feeling like that like something supernatural was going on when he was in the studio so that was a really cool experience where did you guys um record it at and um are they uh are they all originals yes they are all originals um i wrote them and sent the before we got into the studio this past january mike had already had the music for a little while and had been um, cause what I do is I record myself singing the song the lyrics and the melody, and then I'd send it to him. So he had already had those things a few m months before we went into the studio and he kind of done some tinkering on each song and decided, figured out what the form would be that would work best with each song. And when we got into the studio, that's how we laid it down. And that was in Memphis. Wow. Nice. Um, yeah, at, what was the name of the studio? Um, Music and Art Studio in okay. Memphis. Wow. Um, yeah. Do you have, and w hold on, I'm sorry. When is that coming out? Hopefully the entire release will be available at the end of the summer. We're looking at late August right now. Uh, the original plan was to release it at the end of May before right. um, everything. But right. now, since we can't tour it, we have to push it, you know, logistically makes sense. Well, so, you, um, you could do a ton of uh, different things. I know that a lot of work has been suspended due to COVID-19 and yeah. um, a lot of local artists and national artists are struggling with gigs right now, but it's coming back slowly. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful as well do you have anything coming up um that you want to talk about you know maybe uh any live streams to promote the album or anything well there's a lot there are a lot of plans what we've decided to do in lieu of releasing the full record is so we released cry out the single the title track on may um 22nd um and we decided to release a single at least two more singles leading up to the full release of the project. So uh, this month we'll most likely be releasing another single. And then in July, we'll probably be releasing another single before the full release in August. So hopefully, um, hopefully we can stay on track with that. You know, people say you make plans and, and the universe laughs. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. That is the plan. And also, um, as far as live performances, the Bluesbender is still on, as far as I know. 
So I'm following their lead and I'm I'm walking by faith and not by sight. So I'm just going to continue to plan for that as if it's going to happen. And when is, when and is that, that is, and where is that? That's in September and that'll be in Las Vegas at the Westgate, um, the Westgate Resorts. So I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully um, a lot of stuff has been canceled, but there's some stuff still yeah. on the books. Mm-hmm. Like November in Europe, I'm supposed to be going. Um, so we'll, I mean, I'm going to keep everybody as in the loop as I can, as, as I find things out. Sure. Um, okay. So the blues bender, uh, that is, if not a lot of people know what that is, that is a, I guess you could call it a hotel blues and music festival, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody basically stays in the rooms above and they could mingle with the artists and hang out with them if the artists are nice and cool and <laughs> and because you know what i'm talking about <laughs> yeah i know i know what you're talking about keep going <laughs> and um yeah that's a wonderful fe- uh festival and um i can't wait to see you on that um yeah i'm excited all right let's see would you like to share any stories about the music industry good or bad <laughs> trying to get me in trouble here. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, you know, to be honest, even though I've been doing this for a while, um, I've been doing this professionally since I was 23. A lot of people are just um, starting to kind of learn my name or hear it for the first time or, you know, um, be introduced to me. And it's been decades of me doing this and I'm still paying dues, which I know, I know it's a, it's a prerequisite. It's going to be like, I got to do this because I asked for it and I'm not complaining about it. I'll continue to bust my butt to make it happen. But that's what the industry is about. And especially in blues music, this thing ain't for the faint of heart. You know, you gotta be, you gotta really want it and really love it to go at it this hard, you know? And so for artists like me and, and, and everybody else who's out there doing this for a living, gigging like this for a living or counting on this um, to, to eat, you yeah. know, yeah. it's it's something that I feel like people who aren't doing it might take for granted because it does look glamorous and it looks just like fun and it is fun. But there's a lot of work that goes into it. So I'm hoping that when we come back from this COVID uh, hiatus that. I'm really hoping that the audience has a a greater appreciation for what we do. You know, I'm really hoping that that we'll have less people complaining about a cover charge and we'll have less people, you know, um, we have more people coming out and supporting live music because they realize that in a second, I say it all the time, you have to settle for YouTube alone. Yeah. And it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. No. So hopefully when we when we come back from this, people will appreciate live music and, and gigging musicians a bit more. All right, we're back with Kat Riggins. Um what are your thoughts right now being a black woman in the music industry today and with everything that's going on right now? Well, uh, to be perfectly honest, in the beginning of all of this, 
I was confused, like in my mind and in my, my spirit, my emotions were all over the place. And, um, Mm -hmm. and I knew I wasn't okay, but I didn't know how to express exactly what it is that I was feeling. And it's because I'm feeling a whole lot of things. I'm, I'm sad. I'm scared as hell. I'm pissed off. You know, I'm, I'm just not okay. I feel heartbroken and everything all at once, you know, and all stirred up. So, and I know that this is nothing new and it's not, it's not anything new for me, but this, the extreme of this and, and the fact that now things are, everything is televised. We we can see everything yeah. now, you mm-hmm. know, like these things were happening before, but it wasn't happening right in front of our eyes. Now it cannot be swept under the rug because I saw it. You know, I can't unsee that, can't unfeel that. And I'm not okay. And I feel like now is the time for everybody, not just people of color, everybody who knows in their hard parts that this needs to stop. Yeah. That this is not okay, that there is no excuse. I don't care what, he or any of the other people who've lost their lives um, unjustifiably. I don't care what they were doing beforehand. It doesn't warrant death. You know, I don't care what kind of person he might've been, George Floyd might have been in his everyday life. I don't care if he was a junkie. I don't care if he was a drunk. He did not deserve to die like that. Yeah. That was not warranted and not okay. I don't care what Ahmad Aubrey was doing before he jogged up on that truck. He did not deserve to die like that. You know, I don't I don't care what Tiana was doing before Brianna was doing before she got before her life was taken. She did not deserve to die like that. None of these people deserve to die like that. None of us deserve to 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 live like this in constant fear of not waking up the next day in constant fear of I have nephews whose faces I see in everybody who who have lost their lives I have nieces whose faces I see I see myself so I fear for my own life so like I just feel like it's time it's high time it's way past time that anybody who feels like this is not right, no matter what you look like, no matter where you grew up, no matter what your origin or your history is, if you know in your heart of hearts that it ain't right and that it's time to stop, then you need to be vocal about it too. Don't just leave it to the people who are involved, especially because as Black people, we're rarely heard. As Black people, a lot of people in power are not listening to us anyway, but they will listen to, to somebody who doesn't look like us. They'll listen to an Anglo person or, um, you know, a Jewish person or somebody else who's not black when they say this isn't right. So we need more people who aren't black saying this isn't right. That's, I mean, that's the long and short of how I feel about what's going on right now. Have you had any... Um... And this is a stupid question. Have you had any experiences with with uh, 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. With discrimination and yeah. and yeah, many, many. And I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about that more tonight. I will be going live um to share because I feel like maybe sharing the experience, my my experience, what? you know, and, and us sharing our experience says maybe that'll that'll enlighten somebody, maybe that'll educate somebody and 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 you know, we can help diminish the ignorance that is built around all of this. I really and hope it's so. not any I'm sorry, what'd you say? No, it's okay. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, and it's not it if if you just don't know and you don't know, that's whatever, you know, but now we can teach. And if you've learned, you can't say you don't know anymore. So that's why I'm going live tonight just to talk about it. That's why we've been doing it, just to educate everybody else about what we go through every day and why we're so upset. Yeah. And why this is not an overreaction. Right. Enough is enough, really. You know? Period. It's 2020. I mean, um, did you see, uh, are you familiar with Eric Gales? Yes, I am. I love him. He uh, posted something on his Facebook page yesterday about a recent experience he had. And um, it was uh, it's pretty heartbreaking how people are. And um, anyway, um, what time? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this before before we get off the subject. Okay. People like you who are opening your mouths, and and, and I know you've been arguing back and forth with you know people who who have stubborn hearts and stubborn minds. I know that you have. And people like you that do that are the people like we need more. That's what I'm saying about speaking out. So I appreciate, I'm going to say thank you to you for being one of those people who straight up says that's not okay. And I'm not okay with it. And um, if you are okay with it, then you need to re-examine yourself and kind of distance yourself from me right now. i love that you're telling people that you're not cool with it. So before we move on, I just wanted to say thank you to you for that. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you too. Um, it's just, it's just not, <clears throat> it's not right. It's just not right. No. Um, what, what time is your live? Uh, is it going to be from your, <clears throat> pardon me, your Facebook page tonight? Yes. Live. Yes. Uh, around six o'clock tonight. Eastern. Six o'clock tonight. Okay, cool. All righty, we are back with Kat Riggins. Uh, Kat, going forward in the future, where do you see yourself um, going in, I, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that, like I said, we can we can get back to, to live stuff again soon because I really miss... I really miss the stage. I'm feeling to get back on stage, but I'm in, I'm one of those better safe than sorry people. So I am, um, I am probably not going to be back on stage until later July or something like that. If the opportunity comes up, I'm, I'm not trying to jump back on stage uh, right now because I just want to make sure that, you know, things are safe. I have, um, I have an uncle who I like to, visit every once in a while and uh he is undergoing cancer treatment mm, i have nieces yeah. and nephews who are babies yeah. so i don't want to put anybody in jeopardy because I, i'm trying to get back to work yeah you have you know so i gotta yeah. 
yeah, I got to think about other people and take it easy. So that's what I'm doing. But I got to tell you, I really do miss my hugs. Yeah, anybody who knows me knows I'm a hugger. So I miss those hugs. But I think um, I think the bl- the big blues bender will be the first opportunity um, for a live blues revival, um, if I'm being realistic. But in the meantime, we will be releasing Cry Out at the end of the summer um, and with a couple of more singles to precede it. Um, so y'all look for that. Uh, but I'm going to keep everybody posted online okay. so everybody can stay, stay tuned and, um, and abreast of what's going on in the Blues Revival movement on the Facebook pages, which is uh, facebook.com, Blues Revival, uh, forward slash Blues Revival movement. And you can follow me on Instagram at Kat Riggins and on Twitter at Kat Riggins. And then the, the website is just www.katriggins.com. Great. Well, Kat, thank you so much for taking your time out today to um, talk with me and um, let people know about your music and your life and, and everything. And um, I can't wait to see you when I see you. Um, me too. I miss yeah. the hugs. <laughs> miss the hugs. All right. <laughs> well, um, say hello to everybody. And we love you, and um, peace, love, and hot sauce. Yum.